about if that hasn't woken you up on a Monday morning, I don't know what will. That was Narcosis uh, with Hit It, It's Still Alive. Um, and today is, um, a, it marks a bit of a strange one for for um, for us because it sort of, um, basically it's 15 years since Nine Hertz uh, began. So before the end of the year, we're going to try and go through every single year and sort of pick out highlights. Um, I'm on my own today, but I think Pete's going to be joining me at some point. We'll probably go over the um, the history of Nine Hertz and the founding of Nine Hertz in a special episode. But in the meantime, I thought I'd pick out some tracks that have meant a lot to the site uh, and the people who run it, and um, and just generally um, bands that were associated with Nine Hertz or kind of were sort of instrumental in in that particular year. So we're starting today with 2004. So this is a little bit of a look back into um, some notable gigs and some notable bands that were playing around that time. And um, if you've never heard of Narcosis before, that was um, that was your introduction. Um, then you know it's it's best to kind of look back into their back catalogue. There's um there's actually an earache uh, compilation of everything they ever did. So it's about I don't know thirty or forty tracks of um, they're all about a minute long, uh, two minutes at the most. They were incredible as a band. Um, split up in I think um, probably about two thousand and ten. So they were going for quite a long time. Um, there's been some interesting people uh, in that band and they've gone on to do other things. So, yeah, really fond memories of that band. I used to put on All Dayers in Lincoln when I used to live in Lincoln when I was growing up. And, um, yeah, they, they headlined um, an All Dayer I used to do called Own Fest twice. And, um, yeah, they, they just ripped it apart every single time I saw them. Uh, their vocalist, Pete Dandy, at the time uh, was an incredible guy, massive guy, sort of um, very imposing presence. But actually, like, when you got to know him, very sort of... Uh, personable and just really really funny guy so um really fond memories of this band and um i'll never forget kind of them just shocking um lincoln into kind of a lot more heavier stuff at the time i think at the time there was a lot of um what i term kind of alt rock faith no more inspired sort of stuff maybe new metal sort of stuff in lincoln uh but this seemed to sort of energize people a little bit um they used to play boston as well uh and all across the country, and I think a lot of the um, the bands today will have played the Old Angel in Nottingham. I think there's a there's a little thread through this one actually because I think we spent a lot of time going to all days at the Old Angel and going, you know, listening to bands um, around that sort of time. So this is a really interesting look into into this particular year, and I think um, Nine Hertz definitely followed um, a lot of bands to that city. So um, it was the year that I moved to Sheffield. I think I was kind of flipping the coin really. It's, as to whether I went to Nottingham or or Sheffield because the music scenes were were so amazing at the time. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to go on and play a few few other tracks today that are kind of going to sort of fill in some gaps. Maybe if you've uh, if you've not sort of been familiar with Nine Hertz in the past, um, the next one I'm going to play. Um, this is this is like the Nottingham band from from the time for me, and um, they probably um, deny it themselves, but they were very important for a lot of people. So, awful name, brilliant band, brilliant people, Bum Snogger. So I, I get the feeling that um, there was an old story going around that uh, they got their name from um, the vocalist at the time from Charger, uh, who's called Tim, and um, he used to just make up names for, for their songs when they were playing live, and I think he turned around to the crowd at one point at a gig and said, this one's called Bum Snogger. Um, so that just became uh, the name for this sludge band. So... Um, I think they were a five-piece at one point, uh, two vocalists, um, and yeah, it's just kind of like your traditional kind of sludge, a little bit of a punk influence there. I know 
uh, one of the vocalists, Andy, has been on to be in um, quite a lot of punk bands since. He's uh, currently in King of Pigs. Uh, he's probably in another one that I've not heard of. Uh, every time I seem to go to Nottingham, uh, he crops up in uh, in another band. So um, yeah, it's always um, interesting to see what he's he's up to. But uh, yeah, and uh, Chris, of course, um, went on to run the uh, amazing Witch Hunter Records, um, who released. I think they did like a sort of. Um, a compilation of the old uh, Bumsnogger things, so it's like 2002 to 2006. But if you haven't uh, checked out uh, Witch Hunter Records, uh, I think they're defunct now, um, but they uh, released a lot of uh, sludge and interesting stuff. So bands like Mage, Iron Witch, Megalodoom, who are from uh, Nottingham as well, Lim, and uh, yeah, a lot, just a lot of really interesting stuff. Uh, Chris had a great ear for uh, emerging bands, and I think he sort of set a lot of bands off, certainly Iron Witch. Um, went and did um, bigger and better things. Bumsnog themselves were uh, particularly uh, exciting as a live band. It was always a good atmosphere when they played. Two vocalists always helped, I think. Um, and they, they definitely played Lincoln a few times for me. We, we saw them countless times in um, Nottingham. And uh, yeah, they, they just became uh, good friends after a while. I think uh, my first band, uh, Throne, uh, did a few gigs with them. We did a few gig swaps and... Um, just got to know each other from there and I think uh, it, it kind of crossed over a lot with the Sheffield stuff so um, Podge who was in Excel some Superbum who are going to be playing a track from later on uh, joined on drums for a while uh, and released a few records on Calculon Records uh, which uh, was sort of his imprint um, for putting out interesting stuff to him at the time um, so yeah they, they really became part of uh, certainly the Sheffield uh, sludge kind of doom sort of scene that we kind of put together up there with uh, bands like Excelsum and um, and Flatlands eventually um, but yeah th- this this first EP they had it was called um, and destroy all those who come before us um, and uh, yeah it kind of got our attention I think uh, probably in 2003 when it came out so I should say like a lot of these songs didn't actually come out in 2004 uh, it's just kind of stuff that kind of uh, entered our kind of radar around that time and we certainly saw these bands in 2004 so um yeah this dutch fisting uh, is a song we're going to be playing and um what ridiculous title i mean if you see the words bum snogger and dutch fisting next next to each other it kind of you know it kind of um, conjures up um all sorts of images but um yeah for for kind of 17 18 year old me and my mates it was hilarious so um yeah we, we got in touch with them and um yeah it turned out that they were uh, the nicest people we've probably met um, at that time. So uh, they certainly gave us our big break and uh, let us play a different city for the first time. So um, my, my band Throne uh, actually managed to play the Old Angel with them uh, at some point uh, in 2004, I think. So, um, yeah, big big shout out to Chris. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll just play this one and then we'll get talking about other artists from that year.
that was Dutch Fisting by Bumsnogger, like we said before. Um, I'm going to talk about a band that I think kind of don't get enough recognition, and, and a lot of people probably didn't hear them around the time, but um, a band called Helvis absolutely blew my mind um, in terms of sludge stuff when I um, went to the um, sort of memorial gig for Johnny Morrow, uh, the sadly departed singer from Iron Monkey, uh, who died in 2002. Um, Morrowfest was kind of like an all day at um, Rock City. It was held across, um, I think, the rig and the basement, if I'm if I'm correct. And uh, I Hate God uh, headlined, which was incredible. But that day saw so many amazing bands play. I mean, Army of Flying Robots is one of their first gigs. Thirty Seconds Until Armageddon, Mistress, who were incredible, uh, the Dukes of Nothing, who um, will probably play in another podcast very soon. Uh, very important band. And um, yeah, and one of the bands that played was Helvis. And I just remember walking into a very, very sweaty room and just being blindsided by this kind of incredible vocals um, and just like a, a, almost like a punk spirit underneath it. So Iron Monkey were kind of a very important band to um, a lot of people who um, who still frequent uh, Nine Hertz and sort of have a history with the, the site. And certainly um, they're one of the um, sort of bands that everyone can kind of agree on uh, in the Night Hurts team and uh, possibly among reviewers as well. But um, yeah, Helvis, I say, have the same spirit um, and they were certainly friends. Uh, Bloody Kev has been on to being, I don't know how many bands, I think he's now in Raging Speedhorn and he was for a long time. Um, but he's um, he's got kind of like a signature sort of growl and scream. And I don't think, I don't think you can kind of mistake him for anyone else. This song we're going to play is called 15 Sticks, and it's kind of their their hit from the time. It's off an album called Reverence to the Sacrifice, which is, I know it's kind of like a trope within Doom to sort of talk about the Wicker Man, or, or at least base songs on the Wicker Man, but this is an entire concept album about the Wicker Man, so it's got the um, the five uh, the five fingered hand candle from, uh, from the film on the front. It's got samples from the Wicker Man through it. It's got lyrics which are directly... Uh, lifted from songs or sort of the script uh, of the Wicker Man, and it's just a really interesting record. Um, this one's like a complete sort of punk influenced, fast uh, kind of one, but it's just loads of fun. Uh, in the same vein as uh, Dutch Fisting, really, I think there's probably a bit of influence for Bumsnogger from Elvis. Definitely, um, they probably saw them around the time as well. So um, yeah, if you uh, if you've never heard Elvis before, uh, then you can get ready to hear. Um, Possibly one of the the maddest songs on on the podcast, to be honest. Interestingly, um, I was sort of looking back on uh, what to sort of include uh, on this 2004 one, and I think what really needs to be highlighted is there was a gig in uh, in January 2004 at the um, Old Angel. It's called it was called Everything Went Heavier, and um, this I think this was the first one, but it actually went on to become this kind of uh, whole weekend kind of thing. So the Saturday was Everything Went Heavier, so it would be like sort of heavier doom uh post-metal kind of very heavy sort of stuff and then on the sunday that'd be everything went faster so i think in 2005 i think there was a um sort of like a bigger extended one but 2004 i think was the first one so we're talking um the giants of the scene at the time so charger john holmes three stages of the pain my war who we're going to play in a bit Eight by Sapien, who we played uh, a few weeks ago on Mark Finney's podcast. Helvis, Bumsnogger, GU Medicine, Crawl Back In, uh, My Band Throne, and a band called Dead by Dawn. And frankly, it was absolutely amazing. Somehow we got Rock Sound to um, to sponsor the day. Uh, well, Chris did. 
and um, yeah, it just kind of lives in my mind as, as a very important gig. I mean, we saw so many uh, bands that day and we sort of made a lot of friends that day. So um, it, it kind of just reminds me of, um, you know, the, the real start of this kind of community that Nine Hertz kind of fostered uh, by being involved in this sort of thing. I think we did a pre-interview for it with Chris um, and then we did a, a sort of extensive live review after, uh, possibly not including my own band because that's ridiculous. But yeah, it sort of... Um, it planted the seed for me to do a lot more uh, with the all day all days that I was doing. So um, yeah, that that level of ambition um, I've always got a lot of time for. So I think um, it's it's best to just maybe play uh, the song and then we'll talk a bit more about um, that year and the sort of important gigs that were going on at the time. <laughs> That was 15 Sticks by the excellent Helvis. Um, you can find that on an album called Reverence the Sacrifice. You can actually find it on YouTube. Uh, not quite sure where you'd actually pick up a copy of that these days. Um, that, is a, that is a thing that I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about. A lot of the, um, the MP3s I've had to find today um, have been uh, either kind of buried on uh, websites that have obviously been long forgotten. I mean, we're talking 15 years ago now, obviously, but um, yeah, it's... Uh, more needs to be done to kind of catalogue this kind of thing, I think, definitely. So yeah, the, the next band I'm going to play is um, a personal favourite of mine, and I don't think they were together very long, 
um, and I don't think they made a massive impact, but uh, a band called My War released an EP called Wounds around the time this was all happening. And um, this song we're going to play is called 100 Fighting Dogs, and it's just chaotic, fast, hardcore, uh, with very sort of incredible vocals, like two, two vocalists again, which seemed to be a trend at the time. It seemed to be like quite prevalent. But honestly, saw these guys um, at Everything Went Heavier, and I think they may have, or some members may have supported Mastodon and High on Fire at the Old Angel uh, the same year. So, um, yeah, we're, we're talking kind of um, a very short period of time, but this this track just kind of always, it still stands up today. It still stands up as being like this amazing kind of angry, pissed off hardcore. And um, I don't think they kind of make UK hardcore like this anymore. Um, I'm ready to be um, surprised by bands that sort of sound this ferocious, but... Yeah, nothing kind of matches this for me. Just going to play this one, to be honest. It's um, It sort of speaks for itself. Uh, I don't know a lot about the band. I don't know a lot about the people who are in it. But yeah, they certainly made an impression on me. So yeah, this is 100 Fighting Dogs by My War. <laughs> Thank you. 
there. That was a song called 100 Fighting Dogs by My War. Uh, I can't really talk about 2004 without sort of bringing up Throne, which was uh, my first band. Uh, sort of was in that with a guy called Mark Thomas, who's gone on to be in loads and loads of punk bands and helps run the amazing uh, Lug Hole in Sheffield. They're currently um, sort of trying to do up their uh, new home in Sheffield. So um, if you look at, I'm going to link the uh, Kickstarter or the, uh, the sort of GoFundMe page uh, after this just to um, let people know what's going on there because they do a lot for DIY music in uh, Sheffield. So um, yeah, I mean, Throne um, kind of went through a lot of changes. Um, Adam and Fred from Flatlands were in that band as well as me and Mark. Um, but before that, we were kind of like a stoner rock band. We sort of made the transition to Sludge when I realised I could kind of scream quite well. So um, we only did, I think, one recording, uh, which was this. Uh, in 2004 and we went to um, a long defunct studio now called Birdsong um, and we recorded with a, an older guy called Steve Bird and frankly he was incredible he'd actually um, recorded with Napalm Death so he'd done From Enslavement to Obliteration yeah I was I was in awe because like I was a big Nap- well I still am a big Napalm Death fan and uh, it really kind of struck me that we were in a, a proper studio for the first time and um, I don't think we could have done anything better. I mean, we did a, um, for those who, who know the band, we did a um, a DVD case um, sort of special um, bit of packaging for the um, for this 2004 demo, we called it. Um, and most people will be familiar with the, um, the first track, I think, uh, Cash in the Attic. Uh, we played that God knows how many times. It appeared on um, what is now a very, very uh, long ago kind of defunct MP3 hosting platform i guess called hxc mp3 so it was like a hardcore um music kind of thing where you could upload one track and some information about your band it was almost like a precursor to myspace and all that so we're really aging aging ourselves at this point but honestly in 2004 there was possibly no resources online for bands to sort of showcase their stuff everyone's still on dial-up if you had uh, a faster connection you were very lucky so yeah, just being able to put up a single track of um, of your music to um, to showcase yourself was um, always pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, um, Cashin Attic's probably the one we're, we're sort of known for, but listening back, um, I really think this song, uh, Hordes of Babylus, kind of really sort of stands out. And this is one we'd play live, and it always kind of went down well, so uh, I've got a lot of fondness for this one, um, so I thought I'd just play it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Throne, I mean, we sort of, we did so many gigs um, in about 2004. Um, we split up because I think our drummer um, left to live in Spain for a short time. So, um, yeah, that, that kind of ended quite abruptly. But um, I think within six months he was back, so we formed Flatlands uh, with pretty much the same members, but with a new bassist. Throne, Throne was sort of like a, a very short-lived uh, band, but um, we certainly made some inroads with people and um yeah great memories of some of the gigs that we played as well so we played um the grapes quite a lot in sheffield which is now no longer a venue but it's still an amazing pub uh we played uh obviously uh Ownfest, which um which was my personal kind of project in in lincoln so uh, we had narcosis obviously that you heard earlier headline that and um yeah just at the time it just felt like we were kind of riding a bit of a wave of um sludge being uh, in again i think there was a lot of bands doing the same sort of thing so we kind of we had the same style inadvertently as a lot of people so it, it went down quite well 
uh, we played a tour um, with uh, several uh, bands. Mufkazet, um, which is uh, Nick Ruskell from Kerrang's uh, first band. Well, you know, f- sort of first band that went and toured. Uh, and as we sort of um, alluded to a few podcasts ago uh, with Castor Troy as well. So I think Throne is, is kind of like it was almost the, the the training for what Flatlands went on to do. But I'm incredibly proud of uh, of this demo. And um, I think people still talk about it now. People still talk about the production now. So I've, I've got no qualms in playing this and, uh, you know, blow my own trumpet a little bit. Black bench, you bastard! I'm the daddy now. Next time I'll fucking kill ya!
So I don't think I could have actually done a 2004 uh, snippet kind of show uh, without mentioning um, possibly one of the reasons I moved to Sheffield. So back in, I guess, 2003, I was kind of trying to decide where to go to university. Um, and I knew what I wanted to do and I knew kind of what course I wanted to do. I just didn't really know which city to go to. So I, I had a lot of respect for Nottingham because it was kind of like, you know, the home of Iron Monkey, the home of Sludge, the home of um, some really interesting bands and some really interesting venues. I was also very sort of involved with message boards. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of got in with talking to a lot of people from Sheffield who who were in a band um as it happened, called Excel some Superbum. So Stocky, who's been on the podcast before, uh, Podge, who um, I'd love to do a, um, a podcast with because he's got um, quite a few things like under his belt, um, and uh, and Sai, who went on to become uh, a bandmate of mine and, and a really good friend, was in this band, and uh, yeah, there was a few others. Uh, so Joe was on bass, and Jim was on uh, guitar. Uh, really, really interesting band. So they, they obviously kind of had a, a heavy kind of Caius influence. There was a lot of traditional kind of stoner rock influence in there like orange goblin black sabbath and their riffs kind of went on and on and and uh, you know we we kind of loved that at the time and they they had their own kind of story they they kind of um they were in uh, that band for a long time before i met them uh but we had them over to lincoln um we went and played with them in sheffield they they sort of like introduced us to a lot of people in sheffield the first gig uh that we went to we we met slowmo who um, who went on to be in the miramar disaster with stocky and yeah, I've just got a lot of um, good memories around the time of that band, and uh, I think they they split because the like someone was going travelling or something like that, or it just came to a natural kind of end. Um, I think a lot of them were kind of leaving university, and some of them were leaving Sheffield, so it kind of just came to an end. But their their final gig was one of the best gigs I've ever seen. Um, they had a lot. I think we actually played it at the last minute. It was kind of like an all day, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, just just brilliant like really really intelligent lyrics from Sai. he'll probably hate me for saying that but um yeah re- really interesting lyrics like um quite a lot of wordplay going on um with the lyrics um very heavy um very sort of listenable if that's a if that's a compliment just really interesting stone rock so uh they had a hit which i which i couldn't not play really down with the devil um which has got kind of like a, one of the catchiest riffs ever um and and the sort of like i remember everyone singing along at the grapes a very very packed hot room at the grapes for their final gig so yeah i've got a lot of sort of uh, good memories of this band and um i just wanted to sort of include them on this because i think they were an important band certainly for nine hertz and certainly for for my sort of journey into um into sheffield and sort of putting on gigs and things like that so i think we'll probably talk about um the founding of nine hertz at some point very soon because i think pete has a much better memory of the um, the ins and outs and the sort of intricate details than me, but I think that's probably uh, for next time. I just wanted to s- sort of kick off this kind of look back um, sort of celebration because 15 years is a is a great sort of uh, length for a site to be going. And obviously, Nine Hertz has changed over the years. It's gone from being a um, a, a sort of site where we'd put reviews and articles and uh, chat with our friends on a forum. As forums changed, we've kind of continued to. Uh, to do the um, review thing heavily, yeah, the uh, the the old days and the sort of nine hertz presents gigs were all really really good, and we'll probably have an, an episode talking about that as well. Uh, and then obviously the podcast, so we'll be uh, we'll be um, up to about fifty episodes soon. So um, thanks for everyone who's um, stuck with us so far, and hopefully this has been a really interesting little dip into um, fifteen years ago. Um, and I hope people um, 
so I've got something out of the bands that I've picked. Um, really wanted to play the band Mistress. Um, their first album um, was kind of very sort of influential for a lot of bands around that time as well. But again, like uh, the um, what I alluded to earlier and uh, the fact that MP3s are kind of getting lost or music's kind of getting lost that's uh, on CD um, and, you know, on the depths of demos from that time. Uh, couldn't find um, a viable way to get them on the show, so um, perhaps we'll um, we'll manage to get Mistress on at some other point. But yeah, they they were kind of like a band that brought a lot of people together. Going to close this week uh, with Excelsum Superbum, and this is their radio hit, uh, Down with the Devil.
Goddamn!